Peace, fam. It's your brother Mustafa Abdul Muhammad with the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast, where we talk about self-improvement, becoming one with God, and finding our divine purpose. On this episode, it is a continuation of the subject that we last spoke of, which is why I celebrate Christ, but not Christmas. This is part two of a series on that message of why I celebrate Christ, but not Christmas. And I'm giving this message for the purpose of promoting understanding. See, if we know where each other stands on our positions, then we can grow to respect each other and possibly even love each other. Two adults can have two different viewpoints, but different perspectives and different understandings. And if, But if they're mature, then they can rise above those differences to have mutual respect. Though they may not agree, they can have mutual respect. So on this podcast slash video, I'm recording this to put my beliefs, my positions, my understanding on the table so that as adults and fellow human beings that you can say, okay, the brother think this, he thinks that, he believes this, he doesn't believe that. I can respect that. I may not agree with it. I may not understand it, but at least I know where he stands. He ain't faking the fog. He ain't trying to be something that he's not or tell me one thing and doing another thing. He's just giving straight up truth as he understands it. And that's the only thing I'm trying to do on this series of why I celebrate Christ, but not Christmas. So that my friends, my family, other onlookers, random people that may pop on this video, co-workers, whoever may pull up this video series and they can get to know me a little bit better on this particular subject. And I think the way that I'm giving it without vitriol and without hate or trying to be mocking people or coming in self-righteous or self-righteous tone, I'm coming in a very calm, plain, sincere tone just to tell you where I stand. I'm not telling you necessarily what to do or what not to do. I'm just putting the information out there and it's up to you to take it and do what you will with that information. On part two of the message of why I celebrate Christ but not Christmas, I want to touch on three particular symbols and things that go on during the Christmas holidays. And um, as I said, this series will go on for a couple of parts and we're just going to break it down, break it down, break it down further until I feel I've exhausted this subject. And that's it. I just want to have this on record so that next year or five years or 10 years, people are like, I wonder what that brother think about Christmas. I wonder what that brother think about Jesus. We can go back and press play and here it is. And I just want to put on record as well that what I am expressing to you is what I have gained as a result of being a student and a follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the teachings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and the Holy Quran. Those, those three men have taught me and inspired me and have given me the root and the foundation upon which I teach and share information and they have given me my understanding. And I thank God forever, ever more 
for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So these three symbols of Christmas that I want to talk on is the pig, a ham, uh, the Christmas tree, and the Christmas lights. First, starting with the ham, it is well known that Muslims are not eaters of pork. We're not the biggest fans of pork. You know, Muslims have to endure sometimes, you know, the pork jokes or people uh, laughingly offering us pork, knowing that we don't eat it. But we stand on the position that we do not eat pork. We do not touch pork. We don't want to go around pork. We don't want to smell pork. But black people have been reared on a diet of pork since they've been brought to America. That's not our original diet, however. But during slavery, what is called soul food is really slave food. Because in slavery, they had so little respect for us that they didn't give us the good food, the great things they had on their table. They gave us the worst of the worst of the worst. So they threw out the scraps. They threw out the whole guts. They threw out the pig, the foot of a pig. And when you're starving and you're hungry, you have to do what you got to do. Now, there are some people who are culinary experts that can turn a pack of ramen noodles into a full-fledged meal. I'm serious. I've seen it. But ramen noodles is something that costs 25 cents or 29 cents depending on where you are but people have learned how to be creative with ramen noodles and make a meal out of it so you do what you have to do when you have to do it so when that pig foot was out there and them chip them um, whole guts was out there and that pig and poke behind i was out there we had to dig in our soul and dig into our creativity to make a meal out of the pig. So now whole guts became a delicacy that we call chitlins. Pig feet have become a delicacy that we like to have um, from time to time. Other parts of the pig have become delicacies that we proudly eat the pork chops and the hog balls and the other parts of that pig. So it has become tradition for us to eat the pork, which we lovingly call soul food. But soul food today was slave food yesterday. And it has been shown that that is not the best diet for us as human beings. And the pork is in fact killing us. But Christmas is not Christmas to many unless you got a big old ham, got you a nice big old fat ham for Christmas. And I stopped eating pork on January the 1st, 1993. But that Christmas of 1992, my family had a big old ham. And I had decided after watching the Malcolm X movie in November of 1992 that I was going to quit eating pork. Now, I wasn't trying to be a Muslim or be a righteous person, but when I learned of how disgusting the pig is in his eating habits and living habits and what it constitutes, I just said, I'm not going to eat no pork anymore. 
I, I didn't I didn't eat chitlins already, so that wasn't nothing to give up. But I said, I'm going to eat pork. But we had a big old ham for Christmas. And I said, on before New Year's of 1993, I'm going to eat this ham. And I'm going to enjoy this ham. And I'm going to tear this ham up. And I said, but after that, that's it. And I have been true to my word from January the 1st, 1993 to the present of 2021, December, I have not eaten any pork. Made up my mind and I stayed true to my convictions. But Christmas is not Christmas unless we eat the ham. But we have to take into consideration that Jesus was a follower of the law of Moses. And the law of Moses in the first five books of Moses in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus, excuse me, chapter 11, verse 7, says that the pig is unclean and thou shalt not touch the pig and God forbid thou shalt not eat the pig. So Jesus followed Moses' law and didn't touch or eat the pig. And Jesus didn't even, he abhorred the pig because he told us do not cast our pearls before swine. So he didn't hold swine in a high regard because he said, don't cast your pearls before swine, meaning your pearls are your valuables or that which has great meaning to you. He said, don't even cast that before swine. So ham has become associated with Christmas, but ham, pork, is something that Jesus didn't even eat. And if you invited Jesus to your Christmas celebration, he wouldn't eat that ham. So how did we, again, associate something that Jesus didn't do, didn't command us to do, and as a follower of the law of Moses, couldn't do as a righteous person, how did that become a part of our diet? That swine, pig, is an abomination before God. So that's one thing that we got to get in check and get correct of eating that pork, eating that, that big old ham for Christmas. Believe me, I've been there. I've done that. But when new knowledge comes, we have to update our understanding and do better when we know better. So that's all I'm trying to do is put information out there so that we can know better and ultimately do better. Because when you eat all that ham all your life and eat them chitlins all your life and eat them pig feet all your life, all that does is contribute to your high blood pressure and your bad health and other health ailments. And when you get sickly and sick, you go to the doctor. He tell you, you got to drop that pork. You got to get off that fat. You got to leave that pig alone because it is contributing to your health degeneration and your health maladies. So why not? Don't wait to a doctor tell you, you, you know, you ran yourself into the ground. Just stop now. I know that they can fix pork up a million and one ways and it may be tasty, um, as I remember from, you know, 20 some years ago. But is it the best for your system? Is it the best for your body? And we had to say, no, absolutely not. And if you're following Jesus and this is his birthday that you're celebrating on December 25th, why would you eat something that he didn't even eat? And why would you eat something that he didn't command you to eat? And something that the law of Moses, which Jesus upheld, would not tell you to eat. Think about that, family. 
The second thing that we have to think about is the Christmas tree. Oh, I know I done lost you now. He's oh Lord, I got a Christmas tree in my living room right now. I know you ain't better talk about my Christmas tree. But it's not your Christmas tree I'm talking about. It's the European tradition and paganism of having a Christmas tree that I want to talk to you about. Did you know that the Bible that we claim to believe in, the book that we claim to be the truth, the word of God, talks about the Christmas tree? And then I have an article from Newsweek that I want to read to you about the Christmas tree. And maybe you will be inspired by these words where you will not practice and continue European paganism, putting Jesus' name on top of our nonsense. Jesus didn't have a Christmas tree up, family, during his time. Jesus and his followers, the disciples and others in that part of the world, they didn't have no Christmas tree up, family. There's no commandment where in the New Testament where Jesus told you, in, in remembrance of me, please put a Christmas tree up every year. No, he didn't do that. But let's look at the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10, verses 2 through 4. It says, Thus said the Lord, Learn not the ways of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them, for the custom of the people are vain. For one cut of a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it moved not. Is that not your Christmas tree? That you cut it out of the forest with an axe? I'm not talking about them plastic trees. I'm talking about the real Christmas tree. And what do you deck it with? Silver and gold. Didn't they have a song when we were children about silver and gold in the Christmas tree? So this is the Bible here, the book of Jeremiah chapter 10, verses uh, 1 through 4, which is talking about the ways of the heathen. And it says, learn not the way of the heathen, that this is what they do, that we know or will learn from reading history that the Christmas tree is very pagan, heathenistic, and the way of super superstition that people would put up a Christmas tree because they thought as superstitious people that it would ward off evil spirits or it would ward off demons and um, other monsters and other type of spiritual entities. That's why they put the Christmas tree up, that it was a superstitious type thing to ward off evil spirits and bad demons and stuff like that. But here we are in 2021 again, putting up something that has nothing to do with Jesus. No recorded books of the New Testament tells you from Jesus or the Apostle Paul or any follower of Jesus to say that in commemoration of Jesus, thou shalt put up a Christmas tree every year and thou shalt deck it with silver and gold and thou shalt deck it with Christmas lights and run your light bill up into the high heavens for January. It's not in that family. So again, as with the ham, and now with the Christmas tree, we are practicing traditions of men forsaking the laws of God. So I want you to think about that. Now let's look at this article from Newsweek. Let me pull that up. This is an article from Newsweek from December the 11th, 2018. 
and the title of the article is are christmas trees pagan inside excuse me inside pardon me one second let me get my screen back up so i can see you so i can make sure you see me all right let's get that out there okay are christmas trees pagan inside the origins of the evergreen tradition and you can just google this up um look up the uh pagan history of christmas trees or the history of christmas trees and it'll, it'll come up but let's just read a little bit of this article it says christmas trees are widely associated with the christian holiday but their origins are far from the christ worshiping standards they represent today evergreen plants that stay green year-round have been celebrated in many cultures for hundreds of years but americans were not always accepted of the tradition Christmas trees did begin as a pagan tradition as early as the 4th century CE Christian era, according to ABC News. European pagans were largely responsible for dressing their homes with the branches of evergreens trees in order to bring color and light into their dull winters. But pagans weren't the only people to do this. Romans also used the branches for decoration during the festival of Saturnalia which took place from December the 17th to December 23rd in honor of the god Saturn. Because of, their, because of their pagan roots, American settlers were not quick to jump on the Christmas tree trend. And it goes on and on and on, just breaking down that history. But the key point is telling us that, again, these are, these are the ways of the pagans. As Jeremiah 10, verse 1 through 4 says, learn not the way of the heathen. But we have learned the ways of the heathen and we practice the ways of the heathen and the heathen now have used Jesus as bait to draw us into practicing their updated modern pagan festivals, which is rooted to their ancient pagan uh, history and rituals and practices. So when we know better, we have to do better, family. The last thing that we have to look at is the Christmas lights. Lord, he said, Lord, this man, God, he done told me about my ham. He done told me about my Christmas tree. Now he's going to take away my life. Lord Jesus, help us. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus. But have you ever wondered why there's so much of an emphasis on lights during Christmas? And you go take a ride around your city and you see just some of the most brightly lit homes with all these various lights on the house and different colors and different designs and the Christmas tree is lit up and they got a big old star on top of the Christmas tree and so on and so on. And um, I have to admit, you know, some of the houses look very attractive, you know, the way they can fix up these lights and just have it all decked out. You know, sometimes I ride and just like to look at the houses, just how creative, you know, some people get with those lights. But I don't lose sight of why these lights are all over the house, why these lights are all over a done tree and up and down the hallway and probably around the toilet. Lights are everywhere. But we have to understand that December the 25th and the time period leading up to it, in ancient times, this was the period of time where the pagans would worship their sun god, 
they worship the sun god and during this pagan ritual celebration they got drunk they had great orgies they had great frivolity and foolishness going on during this time and if you look at the modern celebration of christmas is that not what you're doing you don't think christmas is for real if you don't get drunk you don't think Christmas for real if you don't have a big party and have some frivolity and have some fun. So the pagan traditions of Europeans yesterday, we have adopted it today in modern times and we get drunk off the gray goose, we get high off the weed, we get loaded off wine and we drunk as hell. And we got to sleep it off and get together, you know, on December 26th and, and going forward because we got drunk as a skunk on Christmas. But again, I ask you, would you invite Jesus to something like that? Hey, Jesus, I'm celebrating your birthday, man. You want to come over and get drunk with me? You want to come get high? Would you invite Jesus to that? Jesus, would you like to have some of this ham? Jesus will look at you like, what the hell are you doing? I don't eat pork. I don't promote pork. I don't promote putting no heathenistic Christmas tree up in my name and my so-called honor? What the hell are you doing? I don't want you to put up lights, which is a carryover from the old pagan ways. See, when Christianity came through Rome or Europe through the Emperor Constantine and Rome became a Christian nation, in quotes, they didn't want to give up their pagan ways. They didn't want to give up their old beliefs completely. So the son of God replaced the worship of the sun God. So Jesus became a figure in place of the old pagan worship of the sun God. And so that's why in Christmas, where they decided December 25th would be the remembrance of Jesus, because that was the day of the celebration of the Son God. So they replaced the Son God with the Son of God. But the same program underneath goes on. So that's why you see so many lights and the star on top of the tree, because that connects to their pagan origins of the worship of the sun. And when you put that Christmas tree up, which is paganistic and superstitious from the pagans, and then you put lights on them, which is the uh, worship of the sun god, you have gotten yourself involved in some real crazy stuff. I just say it like that. That has nothing to do with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we got to know better, and then we got to do better. So on this episode of why I celebrate Christ, but not Christmas, I just wanted to break down on this part, those three things, the ham, the tree, and the lights, so that we would know from this day forward that those three things have nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus did not authorize you to put a honey-baked ham on your table. Jesus did not authorize you to put a Christmas tree up. Jesus did not authorize you to run Christmas lights all around your house 
and everywhere else. Jesus did not authorize you to get drunk and high in his name. Jesus did not authorize you to practice frivolity and foolishness in his name. You are worshiping the ways of man rejecting the commandments of God. But this is not condemnation. This is information. And the information will help you to know better. And when you know better, again, the ball's in your court that will you now do better. So this is another reason why I why I say I celebrate Christ, but not Christmas. Because to celebrate Christmas as it's presently understood, I would have to get involved in a lot of things that are anti-Christ, anti-Jesus, anti-God, anti-righteousness, anti-the laws of God. Huh? I, I can't get involved in drunkenness in the name of God or Jesus. I can't eat pork in the name of God and Jesus. I can't get high in the name of God and Jesus. And I can't lie to little children in the name of God and Jesus. I can't get involved in superstitious pagan Christmas trees and sun god worship using lights as the symbolic historical link to the past. I can't get involved in that. But what I can do is celebrate Christ. And I celebrate Christ by walking in the footsteps of Christ. As Dr. Lewis Farrakhan taught us, where Jesus' foot go down, we put our foot down behind him. Jesus believed in praying. Jesus believed in fasting. Jesus believed in following the laws and commandments of his father, God. Jesus believed in the commandments and the laws of Moses. Jesus believed in the righteous way, truth, freedom, justice, and equality. So if we're going to set aside time to think about Jesus and love Jesus, why don't we focus on the righteous things that Jesus taught, the ways of Jesus, the love of Jesus? Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Black people hate other black people to the 10th degree. But Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, which is two parts. You have to love yourself before you can love your neighbor. So if black people have self-hatred, meaning we hate ourselves as individuals and as a race, we can never love our neighbor, meaning our fellow black brother and sister. So we have to take into, into mind, are we going to follow Jesus or are we going to follow the ways of this world? Are we going to follow Jesus or are we going to follow the tricks and the games of Satan who uses Jesus' name as a bait to deceive the people of God into practicing satanic ways while using Jesus' name to share their dirty practices. So this ends part two of why I celebrate Christ, but not Christmas. And I want you to check out our podcast. I want you to check out our videos uh, by walkwithfarrakhanpodcast.com, uh, by walkwithfarrakhan on YouTube. Also check out my book, My Walk with Farrakhan, my testimony and writings inspired by my life journey with my leader, teacher, and guide available on Amazon. I want you to read and support that Final Call newspaper. Go to finalcall.com. And if you see your Muslim brothers out on the corners or a knock on your door with that Final Call, buy that Final Call. It's the best $2 you will spend. 40 pages of powerful truth that will shake your mind and shape your mind. Also, listen to the words and messages of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He is on YouTube. Um, we have his videos and messages on YouTube. You can go to store.finalcall.com to order new messages and old messages. But all the messages are relevant, no matter the year or the time. 
So listen and check out the messages on all visible Farcom. And in all things, continue to feed your mind. We live in a world of half-truths and outright lies. So you have to constantly battle those lies and those half-truths that's coming, trying to get into your mind. And we combat them by feeding our mind on truth, feeding our mind on righteousness so that we can know better. And as we know better, as I said, we would do better. So this message is in love, it's not in hate, it's not in mockery, it's not in pointing fingers, it's none of that. I'm just sharing information that I have come to understand and that has made me better and that I feel is my duty as a civilized human being to share information with you. But I can't force you to do or not do. All I can do is share information and the ball is in your court. As I said many times on this message, when you know better, you would do better. And the slave master was very careful to keep us ignorant and to keep us away from knowledge, which will make us better. Because in our ignorance, we are a useful tool and a fool for them and for their own purposes. But when truth and knowledge comes in, we will wake up from being a tool and fool and we will rise up as an original black man and original black woman made in the image and likeness of God, not in the image and likeness of our slave master and our enemy and our oppressor. So just remember, as the Bible says, do not envy the oppressor, nor choose any of his ways. Do not envy the oppressor, nor choose any of his ways. And if we have chosen the ways of the oppressor instead of the ways of God, that we have to reject the ways of the oppressor and the ways of the oppressor conflicts with the ways of God. So family, peace. I will see you on the next episode of Why I Celebrate Christ But Not Christmas. Peace.